Professor Peter Williamson, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Judge Business School podcast series today. We're looking at China and how China is destined to grow in the future and what that growth model will be based on. Um, Where do you think China's growth is going to come from? Well, there's a perception in the West, and especially in the United States, that China's growth is completely dependent on selling cheap goods into the U.S. and European markets. And while it's true that about a third of China's growth comes from that source, we shouldn't forget that that means more than two-thirds of it comes from domestic growth in investment spending and Chinese consumption spending. So... I think this idea that you've got a completely unsustainable growth in China because it's just dependent on pumping out cheap goods into the West is uh, often overblown by people. There are questions about uh, whether they can sustain exports being so important as part of growth, and 30% is high by world standards. But I think we need to keep that in perspective to see that China's growth is probably a little bit more balanced than sometimes we think it is in terms of the sources it's coming from. So will China's growth in the future be based on, quite simply, population growth internally and and creating markets and creating needs for perhaps white goods, consumer markets, everything from... from trainers to fridges say yes i don't think population growth is going to be it in fact the projections are that uh, china's total population will stabilize at 1.5 billion people in 2050 and then after that start to actually decline because the birth rate has fallen dramatically uh, both because of the one-child policy and because also as people get richer, they tend to have less children. Interestingly, uh, the same estimates suggest that India will take, overtake China as the largest country in the world in 2050 with more than 1.5 billion people. So I don't think it's going to be population growth, but what it is going to be is a shift of people from rural lives to urban lives. And it's estimated that 350 million more Chinese will move off the land into urban lives uh, by 2020, which is a huge shift and creates demand for all sorts of things because when you move from being a farmer to being an urban dweller, you need all sorts of things from a flat through to white goods and television sets and transport and uh, all sorts of consumption that you don't have in a backward rural life. China and the Chinese government is also trying to stimulate growth. What's it doing? I remember once it told everybody to go on holiday, didn't it? Uh, Yes. Well, there's a little bit of that, but uh, its biggest stimulus has been in building lots of roads and railways and uh, power stations and things like that. And uh, people do also worry that you know, that is going to create a lot of extra capacity that needs to be soaked up in the future. But in the short term, it has been an important contribution to China coming out of the world uh, recession, the global slump, much more quickly than people expected. And uh, as you may know, China's expected to grow at 9.5% in the fourth quarter of this year, 2009. And a lot of that growth has been by uh, inve- increased investment by the government in infrastructure. At the same time, they have introduced quite a lot of policies to encourage rural people or people in secondary cities to spend. And so there have been subsidies for buying everything from refrigerators and television set- sets through to mobile phones. And they've reduced the taxes on small cars and interestingly it's small cars because 
they're not really trying to uh, stimulate the consumption of wealthy people that might buy these big gas guzzlers, but uh, they're trying to stimulate the first-time purchase of uh, vehicles by people in, in the out and further western districts of China. By what you've said, can we deduce that perhaps if there are these huge internal markets in China, perhaps the West could become a tiger, perhaps the West could sell into China? You know, is China the threat in terms of of global markets that we once thought it is, or or will there be retrenchment? I think there's no question that uh, as we see Chinese consumption continuing to grow strongly and this rebalancing away from exports toward domestic demand in China, there will be new opportunities for Western companies. I think the... the and many Western companies have, have demonstrated that that uh, potential can actually be realized. So today, people like Nokia or Philips have a very substantial part of their total sales actually in China. And it's interesting, a few weeks ago, China just overtook the U.S. as the largest car market in the world. Uh, but the big issue politically, I think, is the problem that maybe to serve the Chinese markets, those Western companies will have to do a lot more in China. And that doesn't necessarily create the large numbers of jobs that it might in Europe or America. So I think there will be opportunities for Western companies and the people that are in the the higher value added jobs in those Western companies probably do well. But I don't think it will create a lot of basic employment inside uh, Europe and and America, and that's probably a political problem. But certainly, we should see it as an opportunity, certainly not just a threat. And do you think perhaps in terms of the future and the local consumption sort of stimulating uh, China's growth, that it would be right to say, well, well, China doesn't have to fear recessions in the way the West does. You know, uh, China is just... um, at the forefront of being a developing nation, so, so its growth is going to be more assured than the rest of the world. I think that's probably true. I think, uh, you know, they were hit uh, temporarily by the decline in exports, but as this uh, shift occurs, which I think it will from uh, exports and investment toward domestic consumption, I think you will see a more steady growth. And the pattern that we see in China is not a lot different to the pattern we saw in, in say, Japan or Korea and their equivalent stages of development. And today, one of the things that historically has uh, constrained consumption by Chinese is a very high savings ratio. Chinese people are saving an average of around 28% of their income, which is very, very high. Uh, But uh, as we start to see the government providing more health care and more pensions, maybe they'll feel that they don't need to save quite as much, and so they'll start to spend more. So you'll see a a steady shift uh, toward uh, consumption inside China driving the growth, and I think, therefore, you're right, that we'll be more reliable. And and timescales for all of this, because it is still controversial, isn't it, whether China can sustain its growth? Yes. Well, I mean, I think people have been pretty surprised how quickly China has turned around from the the shock it received with its trade and exports declining. Uh, But I think a lot of the trends that I've mentioned, like uh, movement from rural to urban uh, population of large numbers of people, the changes in healthcare provision and things like that, uh, mean that 
you know, we're looking at being able to have this fundamental driver of growth coming from within China over a long period of time. And I, I don't really see China having significant growth uh, slow down for at least another decade, possibly more. We'll come back and interview again, no doubt, in the next uh, 12 months. Professor Peter Williamson, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Judge Business School podcast series today. I've enjoyed it very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.